This is episode 97, on again and off again relationships. Stop the pattern of breaking up and getting back together again with Trinette. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Welcome to all the new listeners, and thank you to those of you who've been leaving ratings and reviews. Always helps. I always appreciate it. Just go to iTunes, click on the reviews section. You can leave some stars, and if you're feeling like you have some things to say, you can leave a review. Two quick announcements before I dive in. First of all, Australia, I'm coming for you. I'm going to be there the first two weeks of October and want to know what you want from me over there. I'm thinking of doing a business mastermind to help coaches and wellness entrepreneurs. Also going to do some one-on-one intensives and possibly a retreat. So email please jill at christinehasser.com and tell me what you're interested in having me create over there. Second thing is I am launching a relationship course. One of the biggest issues people come to me with is relationships, and it comes up over and over and over again on the podcast. Even today is about relationships. The course is called Get Over Your Breakup and On With Love, and that breakup could be yesterday or it could be years ago. It's basically about healing those old relationship issues and creating the love you want. It's all my best work. Kind of become an expert on relationships, even relationship expert on a new TV show now. So I wanted to create something that would really support you. I am going to give a discount to the first 10 people that email Jill, jill at christinehaster.com saying, I want in this course, I'm going to give you a 10% discount when the course comes out. You're under no obligation to get it, but if you want that discount, email jill at christinehaster.com and say, Hey, I want to be the first to know. And I want that 10% discount. First 10 people will get it. All right. So I am smiling right now because my heart is very full. My mom was visiting me this past week. She just left and she came out to see my new digs in San Diego. It's been a while since she's visited me. I usually go back to Austin. It was so fun to have her here. Really just so fun. And I miss her already. You know, the mother-daughter relationship is one of the most beautiful and often challenging connections a woman can have. I'm blessed to have a mom who's been willing to work through the challenging times with me so we can enjoy more of the beautiful ones. The mother-daughter bond is so strong, it can impact so many aspects of our life. Dr. Christiane Northrup says, each of us takes in at a cellular level how our mother feels about us being female, what she believes about her body, how she takes care of her health, and what she believes is possible in life. That is one of the many reasons why it's so important to heal any issues with our mother, no matter if she's in our life or not. Love her. Forgive her. She did the best she could. Have compassion for her. She did not get a manual for how to raise you. Even if she's not in your life, and even if you know having boundaries are healthier for you, you can still have a healthy relationship with her inside your own consciousness. Which brings me to my coaching call today with Trinette. Her question is about what to do about a relationship that she keeps going back and forth with. It's a romantic relationship. They get together even to the point of getting engaged. Then they break up and get back together again and break up and get back together again and on and on. She's questioning what she should do about this particular man, but the issue is really not about this particular man. It goes back much farther to, you guessed it, her relationship with her own mother. 
So does it always go back to our parents? Well, not always. However, our formative years are when we programmed our mind with the belief systems that still govern our choices today until we update them. It's also when most of our core wounds occurred during a time when we really did not have the tools or support to process them in healthy ways. So often we end up acting out our issues with our parents in our adult life. I think you're going to learn a lot from this call, especially if you have a pattern of being treated poorly in relationships or not really being happy or fulfilled, but continuing to go back for more. Also, I bring up the term codependence in this episode. I'm hesitant to throw out labels as I'm never giving anyone a diagnosis. However, sometimes having a term can help us understand something and realize we're not alone. After the call, I do break down and explain codependence more, so be sure to listen to that. So as you're listening to this episode, consider, are you in an on-again, off-again relationship? Keep going back for more, even though it's really not what you want. Can you relate to not feeling unconditional love or safety when you were growing up? Do you experience anxiety or sadness when you're not in a relationship so much so that you settle for being in relationships with people that are really not healthy? When it comes to self-love and self-trust, can you admit that you have some room to grow? And before we dive in, this is super fun. So my friend, Sean Croxton, who has an awesome podcast, just launched a new like health food bar. It's called the Jerf Bar, Just Eat Real Food, J-E-R-F. And I'm not being paid to endorse this at all. He just sent me some samples and they are so good. It's all real food. There's not high sugar. It's super filling. Doesn't taste like a candy bar. Check it out. Just Google Jerf Bars. They're delicious. That's my little gift from you today. So enjoy your jerf bars. All right, let's get on to my coaching call with Trinette. Trinette, welcome to the show. What's your question? Thank you for having me. And my question is around uh, a romantic relationship I'm in with a man that I've known since childhood. We met up again through Facebook. Um, We are both divorced with children and we started dating. And after about six months, we got engaged. Uh, he moved in with me. He moved from another state and he left his kids there. there. He has three kids. He left them there. And then a few months later, the engagement was broken off. I asked him to move out. And it's just been very on and off again um, mm-hmm. because of different issues. And I guess my question is, I can't figure out why we it doesn't go one way or the other, or why there's so much back and forth when he start when you know I do we do end things. It's okay for a little while, and then I start panicking and having anxiety. But then when he is with me, I'm very. Uh, just to be very transparent, I'm very, that's not a nice thing, but I'm very judgmental of him Mm -hmm. and I am trying to control everything. And it's just, yeah, it's just very back and forth. And I, I, I want to make a decision one way or another. And I, I don't know, I don't know why I'm stuck. When you are with him, when, when you're more in it, what, keeps you in it? What draws you to him? What is it about him that keeps you coming back for more? He makes me laugh. We have a lot of fun together, just hanging out. I mean, doing stupid things, even just going to the grocery store. He can make it really fun. 
And I guess I haven't really had that before in a relationship. That's somebody fun to hang out with, like one of my girlfriends, I guess. Mm -hmm. And when Um, things are bad and you break uh, up, what what is bad? It can be a volatile um, relationship. Um, Volatile uh, like what? Like um, yelling at each other. you know, it just feels like a lot of drama. Um, yeah, just, I mean, not, I wouldn't say physically abusive, but enough where it was like, I, you know, he's tapped me really hard where I'm like, why would you do that? And having to ask him to leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So something is, drawing you back in because just that alone would be enough to end things for good. Okay. But something keeps making you come back for more, which means that there's something he's mirroring back to you. There's some kind of projection. There's something he's triggering inside of you that on a kind of rather unconscious level, you're trying to work out through this relationship with him. So some of this volatile behavior, some of the things that he's doing, some of the dynamics that you guys are in are familiar to you on some level. You've been in this dynamic before, not necessarily with him. So Mm -hmm. what does this relationship remind you of, or who specifically does he remind you of? Hmm. I mean, both of my parents actually in different ways. My father was a very controlling person and, you know, kind of that old school, I'm king of the house. My parents were divorced, but, and then, you know, my mother left us at a very young age, but our relationship, I guess, has always been really um, volatile. Like, um, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) A lot of yelling back and forth. And um, I always felt that I was um, the adult in the relationship with my mom and um, that I, yeah, that I had to be the grown up and she was the child. So mm-hmm. um, how old were you when she left? Uh, 12. But she was still in your life? Well, there was a point in time that she moved away to another state and um, I didn't see her for a while. And then for, um, I kind of blocked it out and remembered later, but it was probably a good six months. And then it was like an every other weekend thing, but my dad raised us. Okay. And then what was your relationship with your ex-husband like? Um, very similar. It was very, it was volatile. Um, there wasn't a lot of love there. Um, I felt like I was, having to parent him in, in like a financial aspect, um, just mm-hmm. that he was immature and yeah. Um, so do you trying see to take a, care of everything? Yeah. Do you see a pattern? I'm trying to. <laughs> okay. I'll help you out. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So all of your primary relationships were both a combination of volatile and feeling like you had to parent. So there wasn't a love that you could trust. You couldn't trust it in the sense that 
it wasn't going to be explosive or combative and you couldn't trust it in the sense that someone was going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. So you have a trust issue with love. And I don't think that you've ever experienced real healthy love, maybe between you and your children, but between mm-hmm. you and a parent or you in a romantic relationship, it, it doesn't sound like there were any kind of healthy models or expressions of love. And we attach love with whatever patterning or kind of relationship dynamics that were associated with our primary caregivers. So on some level, volatile relationships, the back and forth, the someone being in, out, feels familiar to you. Yeah. It feels like family. Yes. Yeah. And we often go and seek those relationships out or seek people that are similar to our parents or an ex, whoever we haven't kind of cleared our issues with and healed. We go and seek similar people to have relationships with because we think, oh, well, maybe I'll get the love this time. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So the good news is you're really trying to work this out. Like if you've attracted this kind of person into your life, you're trying to heal this. You're trying to work it out. You're trying to not engage in this anymore. Some part of you knows Mm -hmm. this is not what you want. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. So based on what I said so far, why do you think you keep going back for more? To not feel alone. That's part of it. But Mm -hmm. again, you're Mm -hmm. looking for the love you didn't get when you were a little girl from someone similar to who you didn't get it from then, thinking that you're going to get Mm -hmm. it now. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like going back to the same store over and over and over again, hoping that just this once they're going to have your exact right pair of shoes. Just, mm-hmm. just like, and every time you go, they don't, <laughs> but you really want that store to have them. Yes. So the first thing is to have tremendous compassion for yourself. Okay. And to acknowledge yourself for bringing the situation in and being at the point in your life where you can be on this call with me and you can start to see it with some perspective. Okay. Because it's not really about him. It's about what he's triggering inside of you. Your unresolved issues attracted him. Your mistrust of love attracted him. And you are you two are helping each other grow. Because I'm sure that you're activating something in him as well. Yes, definitely it feels that way. Yeah. My guess is he has a hard time actually receiving love. So every time it gets a little too close or a little too intimate, he probably backs off and runs away. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly, yep. Yeah. 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 So your issues are dovetailing. And in those kind of relationships, I call them issue-based relationships, the chemistry can be really hot and you can have a lot of fun (laughs) together, right? It can be very Mm -hmm. playful, but... But then there's the volatile part. Mm-hmm. So I guess 
how do you break that? Well you, well, you stop going back for more. You stop going back to the same store, hoping that one day they're going to have what you want. Okay. It feels almost like an addictive behavior. Of course. Yeah. What feels addictive about it? That I want, I keep going back. Mm-hmm. What's well, a little yeah. bit of codependency. Okay. A little bit of codependency, love addiction. I don't like to throw labels out there because sometimes yeah. we can get really wrapped up in labels, but there's a little bit of that and that okay. can help kind of normalize it for you and maybe give you some mm-hmm. resources to look into and that, that can be helpful. But I think the main thing right now is how did you always want, how do you want to be loved? How did you always want to be loved? Like, what did you crave from your parents? Mm. Attention, mm-hmm. you know, being raised by a single dad. He didn't, he's working all the time. He just didn't have, I mean, he was a great dad. I don't want to say anything bad, but he was a great dad. He just had to work a lot. And then, you know, my mom wasn't around So we were left on our own a lot. So, I mean, even something as simple as, you know, a a lot of the chores were left on me. So I had to learn how to do the laundry on my own. And I called the phone number on the back of the Tide box Mm. (laughs) just to like, you know, say, how do I do this? So, Wow. So let's just acknowledge that for a moment. How old were you when you had to call Tide? I was 12. 12. Yeah. So just close your eyes for a second. Just okay. see that 12-year-old little girl because 12 is still little. <laughs> you know, and it's such a confusing time. It's hard enough mm-hmm. being a 12-year-old girl and figuring out puberty and adolescence and all those things. And you also had to figure out the laundry on your own. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just picture her trying to figure this out calling the number on the back of the box, which was very smart, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. And what would you say to her? What would you say to that 12-year-old little girl? I would say, you're going to be okay. I'm sorry you're having to figure this out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. Just that I'm sorry. Yeah. And I wish it was different. Well, the good news is you can make it different for her now. You can make it different for her now by no longer engaging in relationships that are volatile and that you can't trust. And most of all, by shifting the relationship with yourself. And this Mm -hmm. comes up so much on the show is how finding that place of self-love is really about reparenting ourselves in so many ways, being that loving parent that we didn't have, like trusting yourself, trusting your own love, Mm -hmm. trusting you're not going to abandon yourself. And see, the reason you mentioned that you have anxiety when you guys break up, Mm -hmm. because it, it activates that part of you that's so scared to be alone. Yeah. Like, like so, so scared to be alone because you had to do so much on your own. Mm-hmm. That being in kind of a 
less than ideal, more volatile relationship is better than being alone because you didn't really have a chance to establish a healthy sense of self. See, when, when parents aren't around a lot, mm-hmm. um, it's hard for a child and adolescent to develop a healthy sense of self and their own kind of independence because they're almost in survival mode. Yeah, that really resonates. I feel like I've been in survival mode all my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And survival mode is based on kind of a fight or flight response, really revs up our nervous system. And it's just about like keeping the organism running, like staying alive. It's not really about love. It's not really about self-care. It's not really about self-trust. It's what do I need to do to protect myself? So you're always on hyper alert, Mm -hmm. which is another reason the anxiety comes in and panic and things like that. Okay. You know how to mother. How many children do you have? Two. Two. Mm -hmm. You know how to mother. What kind of mom would you say you are? I think that I... I really make it a point to be present with them mm-hmm. when we are together, when I don't have them, I try and, you know, do all the house cleaning and grocery shopping. So when I'm, when they're here, they have my full attention, you know, games and dance parties and whatever it is they are into at the moment, checkers, whatever, mm. um, just really trying to be with them and, you know, and love on them a lot. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful, and way to break a pattern. I really acknowledge you for that. And it's not enough just to give it to your children. You've got to give it to yourself. I think, yeah, that's really hard. Because I put, you know, my kids first. (laughs) Well, it isn't about putting anybody, it's not about an order. (laughs) Okay. Because there's enough love inside you for all of you but you can't deprive yourself to put your kids first because then that's just the opposite end of the spectrum. And they need a, they need a model for, because it's important for kids to see two things. One, how, how receiving love works, right? So Mm -hmm. feeling loved, but they also need a model for what self love looks like. Otherwise, how do they learn that? Because if you're the only source of their love and you just model to them someone loving them, then they're always going to be looking outside of them for love. Okay. If they see you taking good care of yourself, Mm -hmm. having mommy time, saying nice things to yourself in front of them, not demeaning yourself in any way, and just having a kinder, gentler relationship with yourself, they're going to start to have a better model for what self-love really looks like. And that's going to serve them. Okay. Because then they'll have both the healthy model of what it feels like to be loved. And then they'll have the model of what self-love looks like. Both are important. Yeah. I see that. So what are some ways that you can start to have a better relationship with yourself? What are some things you're doing that you think are not moving you in the direction of trusting mm-hmm. love? Mm. 
Um, so things that I am doing currently for self-love. Either that you uh, are or things that, that or, you're not. Because <laughs> we can look at what might need to shift. Yeah, I'm probably – the things I'm not doing are – I have caught myself – even I, it seems so simple, but you know, I spill a glass of milk or do something and I'm just like, Oh, I'm so dumb or, you know, mm-hmm. and I know I say that in front of my kids and I have really been trained to be more self-aware of not reacting that way Good. and just saying, okay, you know, I made a mistake, you know, we'll just clean it up. But, you know, I don't do it all the time. It's, you know, especially, you know, when after working and tired and all that stuff, it's when it's really hard to practice. <laughs> right. But the yeah. more that you have that self-love running throughout the day, one, the less mm-hmm. tired you'll, you'll feel. And, <laughs> and two, it will be easier to not slip into those old self-deprecating patterns. Okay. So that's, that's the first thing is really becoming more aware of how you are with yourself, your relationship with yourself. Okay. Um, the second thing is I would, I would look a little bit, maybe look on Amazon, look a little mm-hmm. bit on codependence. Um, you can even search love addiction, but start with codependence and just see if it resonates. Okay. Again, I don't love labels, but sometimes it's right. helpful because when we read something, and like I was recently reading a book on something and it, it just helped me understand some things about myself. And so okay. if you think it can be helpful, then really use your intuition and maybe read a book about it. If you think that it wouldn't be helpful or like it doesn't resonate with you, then don't really use okay. your intuition. Cause part of self-love is using your intuition and not taking anyone else's word for it, really checking in with you to see if that resonates. Okay. And then the third thing is let's make a choice about the relationship or you're going to make the choice. I'm going to hold space (laughs) for it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I need to, I am going to, end it for once and for all. And why are you going to do that? I am going to do that because we cannot be in a healthy, loving relationship together. Right. You just keep kind of reopening each other's wounds and triggering each other. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go off and do your own work, maybe work with a therapist or a coach he goes off and does a ton of his own. Could you come back together and have a different kind of relationship? Possibly, possibly. But usually mm-hmm. in issue-based relationships, couples counseling and that kind of stuff doesn't work. It's two people going okay. off and healing their own wounds. Okay. And, and really this is for him too, because the back and forth isn't serving him either. Right. No. Or to either one of us. But can you see how it's not self-honoring to stay in this relationship? At least the way it is right now. Yes, definitely. Okay. Does it it feel like a self-loving choice, a self-honoring choice to complete the relationship? 
Yeah, it does. It it feels like a weight has been lifted okay. <laughs> or a block. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, that's great feedback. That's great yeah. feedback. And if the anxiety comes up and you start thinking you're missing him, what will you remind mm-hmm. yourself of? Just it's the not bad real. Times? Yeah. Well, that's helpful. And, and the truth that like, you're not really missing him. You're missing what was familiar. Okay. And really what was familiar wasn't really all that great. It was just familiar. So now you're in this new territory of sourcing love from within and creating healthier relationships with yourself and others. So it's, a lot of times we, we feel anxiety when we're in times of transformation and times of uncertainty and times of change. Mm-hmm. And if we can acknowledge that the anxiety is there just because we're changing, because we're growing, not because anything's wrong. See, anxiety yeah. can heighten and turn into panic when we think something's wrong. If we can just go, nothing's wrong. This is just change. This is just my response to this being a little uncomfortable, this being a little uncertain, but nothing's wrong. I'm okay. If you can remind yourself of that, when you feel the anxiety, the anxiety won't be so intense. Okay. Just keep reminding yourself nothing's wrong. Okay. I really like that. Um, I pulled a the goddess oracle card and one mm. that keeps coming up for me is the butterfly card. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the time in the cocoon is, yes. is dark and wobbly and it's not super fun, but no. <laughs> eventually, eventually we all emerge and fly. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> You're very close. Okay. Take these steps that we talked about and then just keep moving through. Okay. You're so deserving of love and so capable of it. You know, and I know you because you're an inner circle and I see your heart and what would the word be? It's like you already know. You already know the truth about love and about Mm -hmm. who you are. And it's just, it's just a matter of really accepting it. Like really accepting how lovable you are and how capable of love you are. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm being called to tell you is you're not your mother. Stop being afraid that you are like her. Yeah. Wow. Yep, that's my greatest fear. <laughs> let that go, sweetheart. Okay. Just let that go. Yeah. You're not. She was a teacher. She did the best she could. You're not her. Okay. Different different soul path. You're a different kind of mother. You have different tools and support. You're not mm-hmm. her. So just let that fear go because that's not serving you. Right. Focus more in the direction you want to move toward rather than the direction you want to move away from. Okay. I will. This has been so helpful. Thank you so much, Christine. Oh, my pleasure. 
My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Trinette, for your vulnerability and your courage to look deeply at what this relationship was triggering for you. Before I break down this coaching session, I want to talk a little more about codependence. So the original definition of codependence is excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically a partner who requires support due to an illness or addiction. But that definition has really been expanded because codependence is not just about being with someone who has an illness or addiction. The National Mental Health Association states that codependency is a learned behavior that can be passed down from one generation to another. It is an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy, mutually satisfying relationship. It can also be known as a relationship addiction, which is why I mentioned love addiction to Jeanette, because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, and or abusive. So you heard how many times she used the word volatile. Codependence can really be seen as a set of unhealthy behaviors learned by someone in order to survive in a family where they experienced a lot of emotional pain and stress. For example, in Trinette's case, she learned how to put up with a lack of love and safety, how to please others to get love, and how to lose herself in another by taking care of her mom. So codependent people have a greater tendency to enter into relationships with people who are emotionally unavailable or needy. That's how I knew the man in her life probably pulled away or ran away when things became too intimate. He wasn't so good with emotional availability. Now, the reason that many people who may be playing into codependent patterns stay or keep going back to unhealthy relationships is because they're trying to control a relationship without directly identifying and addressing their own needs and desires. So this means that the codependents set themselves up for a continued lack of fulfillment. Instead of focusing on their own issues, they keep focusing on the relationship. Here's the bottom line. Codependence boils down to a lack of a healthy sense of self. People who did not feel unconditionally loved or safe or even felt smothered or meshed with a primary caregiver often display codependent patterns. They're consistently seeking love, approval, safety, a sense of identity from others. They get their sense of worth and self from the approval of others or by taking on others, which is why so many are attracted to addicts or projects. Many are also people pleasers. Like I said to Trinette, part of our attempt to heal this pattern is by dating people who are similar to the people we grew up around. Like Trinette said, growing up with her parents was volatile. Her relationship with her ex was volatile. And this one with the new guy is volatile. So how do you heal codependence? Is it possible? Yes, 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 yes. In fact, I think many of us have a little coda in it. I can think of times in my own life where I was in codependent relationships and patterns. What is so amazing about recognizing any form of codependence is that you're really ready and willing to commit to having a healthy sense of self. So how do you do that? Well, first, get out of a codependent relationship. Stop the starting and starting and going back for more when it isn't what you want. Look at behavior where you're caretaking, people-pleasing, rescuing, or settling for less than you deserve or want because you're too scared to be alone. Then you get help, books, a coach, a therapist, and you remember how to love yourself, how to be that unconditionally loving, safe parent to yourself. You ride the waves of the anxiety and sadness that come up and prove to yourself you can be there for yourself instead of abandoning yourself by going and focusing on someone else. Which brings me to something else I wanted to say about this session. Trinette is a great mom. She's got to give that love to herself though. So she doesn't become kind of a codependent parent where she gets enmeshed in her kids and tries to love herself through her children. 
She's going to teach them to have a healthy sense of self if she has a healthy sense of self. And a healthy sense of self means we're recognizing we are whole, lovable, and complete and don't quote unquote need anyone. Keyword be need. Relationships then become an expression of love and connection rather than an attempt to fill a void. This wholeness also means we know we're always in process. We're always learning and growing, but we're coming from a place of inherent worth and wholeness rather than thinking something is defective with us and somebody else's love or attention will fix it. One final thing. The end of the call, I said to Jeanette, she's not her mom. And that really resonated with her. If you can relate, instead of fearing you're going to be like someone you don't want to be like, have gratitude for what they're teaching you. We learn through contrast. You can break generational patterns. Some takeaways for you. If you keep going in and out of a relationship that you recognize now is codependent, commit to choosing to get out. Commit to a choice. The back and forth is just delaying your progress. Second, if you really resonate with what I'm saying about codependency and you want some resources, I've recommended these books before. Melanie Beattie's Codependent No More and Pia Melody's Facing Codependence. Expectation Hangover, my last book will also help. Start to build self-love and self-trust in your relationship with yourself. Joining my membership community, christinehaster.com slash inner circle is a great way to do this. You'll have support. You'll have a community. You'll have the tools. And also, if you relate to having a parent that helped set up these codependent patterns, really forgive them. <laughs> Don't think that you're going to become them and write down everything that you've learned from them. You picked them for a reason. So really write down what they taught you and what you're choosing to do differently. Instead of fearing you're going to become like them, really have compassion for their experience and look at all the ways they're teaching you through contrast. Sometimes learning what we want to do requires experiencing what we don't want. I hope this episode was helpful. If it was, please, please share it. You can also leave any comments or questions on the show notes. The show notes are always linked to the episode description. Sending you all so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.